Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, December 28, 2017 at the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. And today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 9, paragraph 6, but he did no ranting, reading and studying through two paragraphs today that end with, for I was hopeless. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Sherry KB, the 12 Traditions, Wendy M, and reading the text today, Gina R and Rachel N M. The reference numbers, which would be share IDs, for this meeting yesterday, Wednesday, December 27, 2017, 10 a.m., is 10844. 10,844. And then the share ID for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting today, December 28, Thursday, 10847, 10,847. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sherry KB to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
We try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service, and I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. I will now ask Wendy M. to read the 12 Traditions. Yes, good morning. Uh, Wendy M. recovered in Colorado. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less, many, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I shall pass. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 9, starting with He Did No Ranting, reading through two paragraphs that ends with For I Was Hopeless. And I will ask Gina R. to begin our study and reading. Good morning again, Gina. Thank you so much, Mel, and good morning, everybody, especially the newcomer. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. But he did no ranting. In a matter-of-fact way, he told how two men had appeared in court, persuading the judge to suspend his commitment. They had told of a simple religious idea and a practical program of action. That was two months ago and the result was self-evident. It worked. He had come to pass his his experience along to me. If 
I cared to have it. I was shocked, but interested. Certainly, I was interested. I had to be, for I was hopeless. Let me start my timer. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, the first thing that really jumps out at me is he did no ranting. My uh, probably number one coping skill I observed as uh, a young person growing up was uh, ranting. The people in my household did not know how to um, speak calmly or um, with reason or acknowledge emotions effectively. Um, they talked extravagantly and violently in a wild way, and it was very, very scary. And so I'm just imagining Bill, uh, and I, I'm kind of wondering. I don't know what his experience was. If he, if he was, if he had fits of rage like that, where he yelled. Um, people who know the history better than I do might be able to comment on that. But there was something about this that was way different for him, and it got his attention. Um, and then he had come to pass his experience along to me, if I cared to have it. And this. This is also very different for me. I was used to um, people um, wanting to shove things at me, and that's also what I did with others. As soon as I had an idea that I thought was good, even if I wasn't able to do it, I was cramming, trying to cram it down your throat. And I, wasn't, I didn't have the ability or the discernment to um, understand that you had a decision in this and that you were able to make a choice as to whether you wanted it. Um, and then he says, certainly I was interested. I had to be for I was hopeless. And at the top of my page, I have written out the word hopeless with a smiley face. And until I got into this particular Overeaters Anonymous meeting through the Vision for You phone meeting, I never really understood that this is exactly where I needed to be hopeless. And now when I'm in uh, usually face-to-face -face meetings and I hear people coming in saying, you know, they don't have any hope. They don't have any other ideas. They don't know what to do. My heart just kind of jumps and I, I get all fluttery inside just thinking, oh my gosh, that's exactly where you need to be if you cared to have this solution. I am so glad I cared to have it. I am so glad there were people there to show me how to do it. They were recovered and they were attractive to me. And they presented it to me in a way that was, um, that made sense. And they showed me how to partner with my higher power so that I could have this too. I'm so glad to be here with everybody. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. We're on page nine, paragraph six, reading through two paragraphs that start with, but he did no ranting and ended with, for I was hopeless. The uh, line is now open for folks that want to comment on those two paragraphs. Ginger A. Wendy M. Kelly F. Ryan K. Okay, let's see what I have here. So that way folks can know that they've been heard. I have uh, Marin K. Ginger C, Wendy M, and Kelly S. Okay. I could take a couple more, I'll betcha. 
Okay, let's go with that then. Marin Kay, you're first, and then Ginger will come up after. Hi, thank you for chairing the meeting. Um, it's so nice to get through the big book like this. Um, he did no ranting. In a matter of fact way, he told how he, had, you know, this paragraph talking about how the practical program of action and how it worked. Um, I had been in a hospital, um, a county hospital, and someone from OA came into that hospital and talked to me about OA. And um, this is back in 1980. And she passed it along to me. I didn't get abstinent until many, many years later, but I never forgot her. And people 12-stepped me uh, way before I got the program. Um, they passed along uh, uh, the program. And, um, you know, I uh, just wanted to say that. It's just that you don't know when the seed is planted and that um, working with others and helping other people through this big book and the steps and sponsorship um, Eventually, I got the program in L.A., but um, it took a lot of outside help, plus L.A., plus the steps, plus the sponsor. And um, it just is a practical program of action. And it is a program of action, and you can't rest on your laurels. I'm 23 years abstinent. I can't say, you know, I'm no longer a compulsive overeater. I still am exactly that compulsive overeater if I don't work the program. So thanks for letting me share and welcome everyone who's new on the line. Thank you, Marin Kay. Ginger C., you're next, and Wendy, you'll come in behind. Hi, good morning, Mel. Thanks so much for your service. This is Ginger C., recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. And, um, you know, is it odd or is it God? These two gentlemen that show up in this courtroom to help Ebby out, and had they not done that, who would have brought the message to Bill? And then would we even have this book that we're in right now studying? So I just love the miracles and, and how they continue to appear. And, um, and thank God for them, because it's the only reason why I'm out of the food today is because of these clear-cut directions and precisely following them exactly, line by line, word by word. But I love, again, you know, the simple religious ideas, what they presented. You know, we complicate this so much because of our minds. And, you know, the simple religious idea is that there is a higher power and it's not you. And if you allow that to unfold and to happen and to let go of this wheel and to completely surrender, are you out of ideas? I had to be out of ideas. And I got to be out of ideas because the food convinced me. Thank God for the research I did. Thank God again for every beautiful bite. Because it took me to a place where it was like, yeah, this is really scary. This is my life. And this food is killing me. And so it's really clear. We only have two doors. Let go of this wheel and let God. Or take it to the bitter end and see where you go. It will progress. And it will take you to hor horrific places. I was suicidal. I'm surprised that I'm alive today. So again, this simple religious idea, and then the course is practical program of action. There is not a chapter into thinking. It's into action. It's into what you're doing today. Again, wash, rinse, repeat. Here we go. You have a new opportunity. Put the food down and get into action. But I love, too, this part 
you know, he had come to pass his experience long to me if I cared to have it. So I go to page 96. Do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. And search out another alcoholic and try again. You are sure to find someone desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you have to offer. I am not here to convince you about your food addiction. And if you're not done, you're not done. The food and the research that you're doing, those bites should be convincing you. And you should be willing and desperate enough to go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. But I think we get really twisted up with this page 96. And, and, and thank God again for these clear-cut directions. Because if I'm trying to convince you who's sicker, and secondly, I'm missing an opportunity with someone who is desperate and dying and willing to go to any lengths for victory over this. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Wendy M. and then Kelly. Hi, Wendy. Yes. Hi. Hi, Mel. It's Wendy, um, gratefully recovered in Colorado. And Mel, thanks so much for your service and everybody on the line. Um, so he did no ranting. Yeah, you don't have to rant. This is either working or it's not. You're either with God or you're not. There's no convincing here, as someone just said. Um, and I love that. And But the, the, the words that really pop out are, it worked. And I have to tell you, when there's a newcomer in a face-to-face -face room, I get so excited. I'm like, my hand's up. I'm like, pick me, pick me. Because what I want to say is, this works. It just works. And that, like, is self-evident. Like, it, it is or it isn't. I'm either abs entirely abstinent, recovered, or I'm not. You know, and... Um, I have to say, and it says here two months ago, you know, so it took him two months. When I was not in vision, but in a way for 14 years, it took me years to do the steps, years. Here I do the steps in two months, you know, um, I get recovered in two months. So, but just getting back to it worked. So nothing worked before I got to vision for you. Even in 14 years of OA, nothing worked, right? Slipping and sliding. Um, and I spent my life searching for what would work, right? So tummy tucks, liquid diets, protein diets, over-exercise, controlling people, running the show, gossiping, geographics. None of this worked. I tried it. Eating, uh, self-pity and people-pleasing. None of those things worked. The only thing in my life, and I'm 54 years old, is this book, Vision for You, and studying, and, and studying the big book. With, and, and, you know, as people have said, um, you know, page by page, word by word. And that is the only thing that has worked. And I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't be here on the line. I wouldn't spend the time that I spend with sponsees, go to the meetings, passing it along, if it didn't work. So it's evident. It works. And it's the only thing that works. And I underscore that because it's kind of phenomenal that, oh, my God, I found something that works after 50 years of not finding something that works. I mean, to me, that's in and of itself an unbelievable uh, note. You know what I mean? It's like, really? I'm in recovery? Really, I'm entirely abstinent? Really, I'm working this program? And I'm, and I'm, and I'm loving working with sponsees, and I'm loving passing, passing it along. And I love that. And, and again, also, I was hopeless. Thank God Bill knew he was hopeless. Thank God he was hopeless. I'm so excited that he was hopeless. And I was so excited that I was desperate enough to pick up this book and somebody said, do what I do and you'll get what I got. And that's what I did. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Wendy M. Kelly F., you're next. And then we'll open up the lines again for folks to share. Hi, Kelly. 
Hey, Mel. Thanks for your service. This is Kelly S., Recovered uh, Compulsive Overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, some great shares today, really powerful. Um, I just feeling so overwhelmingly grateful for um, Bill and just this program the last few days and where we're at, just a reminder um, of the power of this program. He said he did no ranting, and for me, what that was is when I started listening to Vision, I mean, some of the other people have already shared similar stories. You know, I've been around this program for 30-something years, Um, and I started listening to Vision about five years ago, you know, just now have two and a half years of of recovered abstinence, but what I was drawn to was there was no ranting. Nobody was proselytizing. Nobody was preaching. Nobody was just going on and on like, you know, because I do, I have that closed mind, and, you know, I came in... um, I've been around for so long. I pretty much decided I was hopeless. I didn't realize it said seemingly hopeless, of course. But, you know, um, I started listening to this program. Sorry. I started listening to uh, the Vision for You meetings, and I heard a new message. Well, it wasn't really new, as we've all heard. It's why we call it the Renaissance. It's going back to the basics. You know, I felt like I had gotten watered down. So this program of action, this practical program of action had been laid out in this book, what, in 1938, 39? And that's what I wasn't hearing. I wasn't hearing this program of action. You know, I was all focused in the tools. I was focused in going to meetings. And all of that is great. But if I'm not working the steps, if I didn't understand where that my recovery was going to come from, I didn't get it, you know. It had been there all along, but I needed to hear the message. So vision for you was my Ebby, you know. It was my Ebby. It was my, my no ranting. It was me seeing that this, pre- you know, hearing people share their practical program of action, which is why we need to get on here and share what, this, what these steps and this big book have done for us. Because vision for you is just basically a healthy OA meeting. You know, it's not a program. It's a meeting. So people will say, what's different? Well, what's different about Vision for You is it's people who are committed to the big book and the 12 steps like it was supposed to be from the beginning. Like Bill was, you know, how Bill started it, how Dr. Bob and how our pioneers were doing it. And, and Vision for You is our Ebby to tell us this is where it is. And the result was evident. I kept listening. And, of course, you know what? Just listening to Vision for You didn't, didn't fix me. It took me, you know, a while. As I said, I only have two and a half years. But you know what? I was hopeless. And I, I didn't have anything else to do, so I just kept listening. And, you know, it was like, uh, was I interested? Certainly I was. I had to be for I was hopeless. I had nowhere else to go. I had no other choices. And I heard what you guys were saying, and I so desperately wanted that, you know. And finally, finally, I was willing to put down the food and start the program of action. Because guess what, you guys? You have to work this. You have to do the action day in and day out, which is what I did with my disease. I practiced it. I know I'm running out of time. I'll just wrap up. You know, I practice my disease every day, so I have to practice my recovery every day. I don't have two choices. I'm going, I'm going up the down escalator, one step at a time. And with you guys, I'm doing it. So grateful for you guys. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Mel. Thank you, Kelly. We are on page nine in the big book. We're on Bill's, in Bill's story. Paragraph six, but he did no ranting, reading through two paragraphs. Who would like to comment on those two paragraphs? Carol R. Carol M. Okay, let me tell you who I have. I have Julie R., Carol R., Sherry KB, Reggie O. There's somebody between Reggie and Kathleen O. I am. I got to Allie after Kathleen. I just thought there was somebody between Reggie and Kathleen. Okay, if I didn't yeah. miss it, that's okay. Good. Yeah, so that's what we have. 
Julie, Carol, Sherry, Reggie, Kathleen, and Allie. I think I can take two more if there are two out there. We'll catch you next time so we don't burn up the time here. Hi, Julie. Good morning. Hi. Thanks, Mel. This is Julie, our recovered compulsive overeater in California. And you know that word hopeless. You know, what what, what is that when Bill talks about that? It's it's waking up every morning um, with the first thought going, oh, my God, I ate all of that stuff. And going to bed at night and saying, oh, my God, I did it again. It was that constant fear. I mean, I didn't even want to get out of bed because I knew what was going to happen. Same old thing that happened the day before. The same old thing that happened the day before. Getting in a bigger size pants, a bigger size pants, a bigger size pants. Lying and cheating and dishonesty. And, you know, with, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. It was just, I was a shell of a woman. You know, I, by all, you know, people could see an obese woman, and but they saw that happy, you know, the fat, happy woman, right? And um, I was excelling at work, all that stuff, but inside I was dying. And, you know, fast forward to, to where I am today by working the steps 24-7 having that spiritual awakening, um, I had the slower variety. And, you know, I am not hopeless at all. I'm not helpless at all. Like, you know, when Bill, you know, said that, it's like I am a free woman and food is whatever. It's just I do that because I need to sustain my body. I enjoy my food, but it's all weighed and measured. And I get to live. I have like, you know, 23 hours of the day free space in my head because I don't have to worry about that. And what's changed? What has changed? Why am I not hopeless today? It's because the most important thing in my life today is that relationship with my creator. And what that gives me, it gives me the clarity that I can continue to work on those character defects with my creator. And I don't have to worry about ever being hopeless again if I do what I did yesterday today. And if there's all the newcomers that are out there that are still in the food, yeah, there is a huge light at the end of the tunnel. It's called the Big Book Steps, Living a Spiritual Life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Julie R. Carol R., you're up next. And then Sherry, you'll come in behind Carol. Hi, Carol. Hi, everybody. My name is Carol R. I'm from Pennsylvania. This is my first time speaking on the Visions group. Um, And today I have day 11, so I'm pretty happy about that. Um, I wanted to talk about hopelessness. Um, So my sponsor and I have been reading through this um, Bill story, and this is the culmination. This is when he hits bottom, like he's completely hit bottom after all the devastation that he's gone through and trying over and over to, you know, drink and and falling down over and over. And he, he got to the point where he, I mean, he was just absolutely hopeless. And um, he wanted he was interested in what he had to say and, and, you know, it, it, it intrigued him because, you know, he was, he was at his rock bottom. And, um, I just, I remember, um, just, you know, the food for me, um, I was either thinking about, I was either eating, I was either thinking about what I was going to eat or I was sleeping. And that was my life. Um, I was in a just a 24-7 obsession with the food. Um, one time in the middle of the night, I went out 
2 o'clock in the morning in my pajamas with a heavy coat and boots on uh, in the middle of the winter, freezing, dangerous. <laughs> South Street in Philly, that's like Greenwich Village in New York, um, looking for my sex, just like a cocaine addict. And um, I've been in the program a while. I've been around a while. Um, and, you know, Visions was mentioned to me at least three years ago, and I kept thinking, I'm going to get on that one day, you know. And um, I've I've suffered a lot of loss in the last couple months. My mom passed away. She got really sick. She passed away. Her birthday was on Christmas Day. Um, my aunt passed away on the same day as my mom. And then subsequent deaths just and so much loss going on. It's just... It, pu- it pulled me back, you know, into the food. I started drinking wine to dull it, and then the wine led me back to the food. And there's such a strong... Today, I feel like for this minute, because I'm doing the visions, I feel, and working with the sponsor, I feel okay for this minute. But the pull to go back into the food because of the pain was so strong that I feel like I just had to take it almost minute by minute um that it, it's like it's like a tidal wave it's it's like a tsunami the pull the disease it's not only doing push-ups it's doing sit-ups it's doing cartwheels it's doing everything it has to pull me back into it and thank you know thank you guys all thank you for my sponsor thank you for the people that have been calling me um, and I'm just one, one step at a time. I'm just doing it. I'm taking care of myself, calling my food in, okay. you know, sticking with it. Uh, thanks for letting me share. <laughs> Thank you, Carol R. Sherry KB, you're next. And Reggie, would you get ready? Good Hi, morning, Sherry. Melanie. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Grateful Recovery Compulsive Our Reader. Thank you so much for your service, Melanie, and everybody on the line, and uh, good morning, newcomers. Good morning, everybody. Um, but he did no ranting. What this reminds me of is Tradition 11, based on attraction rather than promotion. Because, you know, I was in all kinds of different 12-step food programs and things were shoved down my throat like you wouldn't believe and what a turnoff that was. But, you know, when we're carrying a message of death and weight, it's very attractive and people want what we have. And uh, I definitely wanted what you guys had um, and I wanted to get recovered and I was desperate to do that Um, talks about here of a simple religious idea and a practical program of action to me the simple uh, religious idea is basically really is finding a power greater than ourselves uh, that can restore me to sanity and to get me um, you know it's up to me to put the food down but it's up to my higher power to keep me abstinent the practical program of of action is the 12 steps and it says here that it was two months ago and that the result was self-evident. It worked. And so the, the two months ago is basically as he went through the uh, steps and two months is uh, what Abby did. And back then there were only six. Um, and that, you know, if I could have it, if I cared to. So he wasn't trying to shove it. He was he was seeing the difference in Abby. And we know the history about he and Abby. And they were drinking buddies together. And Ebby was had alcoholic insanity. And here's Ebby, fresh face, starry eyed, looking across at Bill, saying, "Hey, I've got this if you want it." And he wants to share it because he has to give it away in order to share it. 
I mean, to keep it. So that's what I see is that, you know, I, I love this program. I, I love, my, you know, my hopelessness. I was so miserable. And this gave me hope. This gave me recovery. Um, I love this work. I love this program. I always tell people, call me. I love talking about the, the program. Let's do the steps together. Let's, you know, get in this book. Let's do it because you can get recovered too. And, and if you don't like what we have, we gladly refund your misery because I definitely don't want to stay miserable. Um, I love staying in recovery, and I love this work, and I love I love the steps. It's changed my life. And that's and I've done a lot of different step work, but for some reason the step work in this book has completely changed my life, and you can have this too if you want it. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Reggie, oh, you're next. Kathleen will be after. Hey, good morning, Mel. It's great to thank you so much for your service. It's so great to be here with everybody. I'm Reggie O, gratefully recovered in uh, the Los Angeles area. And, you know, it, yeah, just these two paragraphs and are just so amazing, like, like they all are. And um, he did no ranting. I mean, that certainly, you know, that certainly stands out. He did no ranting. He was just, he was there. He was there because he cared. He knew Bill and he was there too. Uh, to give Bill what he had been given and Bill would have it. And uh, he, they had told of a simple religious idea and, you know, has been said before, the simple idea, which is to find a power, you know, great, greater than ourselves, which can do for us, which we could never do for ourselves, you know, and especially in the realm of compulsive eating <clears throat> and to develop a relationship with that power and, uh, and, and the practical program of action, you know, the steps are to clear away all of the things that kept us from that power, you know, and, you know, when I think about that, for me, it was like, it's like such a relief and growth to be more so that I no longer have to do, you know, I call my higher power God mostly. And, um, but I no longer have to do God's job, you know, because I never could do, I never could do God's job, but I, I wore myself out trying to do it and frustrated myself trying to do it. And in the realm of compulsive eating, you know, for the many years and the many things that I tried that never worked, you know, there really comes a point where uh, I, you know, there came a point where I was hopeless. And, and you know, that hopelessness, I've heard hopelessness and hope, you know, those are the two main characteristics you know it's really important in many respects don't you know so no need to be concerned if you're coming in here hopeless because you've tried everything because that's actually a perfect place to be because there I remember just listening to people this morning it reminds me of when I was first listening to the vision meetings and you know and I heard that hope I heard person after person speak you know is like uh, the result was self-evident, you know, and it, for Abby, it was like there was something about his eyes. He was inexplicably different. He did no ranting. Bill had not seen him sober in like many, many years, and and here he was. The result was self-evident, and to hear that on the lines, I mean, you 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 not only can see it, but you can hear it. You know, you can hear it in voices, and to have that hope. <clears throat> restored and knowing that it is a simple program of action where you can be, you know, where you can be where other people have been. Bill could be where Ebby had been. And uh, it's just totally uh, miraculous and the most amazing gift. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, that's, I think I'll just stop there and uh, pass with that. Thank you, Reggie. O. Kathleen, oh, you're next. And then Allie, you'll come in after Kathleen. Good morning, Melanie. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? Okay. I can. This is Kathleen. 
Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in uh, Northern California. And good morning, everyone. It's been wonderful shares on the line today. Thank you so much. So, you know, finally, um, Bill is ending the finish line here where he's going to move into a new life. And, uh, you know, I love the, the word hopeless. Um, hopeless is, you know, despair, defeated, doomed. I felt all those things when I came in. And I came in uh, to lose weight. I didn't come in because I thought I was selfish or self-centered or that my life was being run by my resentments and my fears, which is all the reasons I was eating. I didn't know that. And I didn't come in to fix any of that. I just came in to stop, you know, to lose weight is what I came in for. Um, so, and, you know, Bill Bill isn't done drinking yet. I mean, Ebby has certainly uh, given him, you know, he's got, he's met Dr. Silkworth. He's met Ebby. Um, you know, Ebby's passing on this information to him, telling him he can take it if he wants it. And Bill does end up in the hospital once more shortly after with another one of those um, infamous Belladonna treatments. But, you know, after that, he he stops drinking. He doesn't drink again. And I, you know, on page 62, selfish is self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our troubles. And, um, you know, for me, that was like one of the best parts of this program and, and working these steps is to discover that and that I didn't need to play God anymore. I didn't need to be trying to run the world and control everybody. And <clears throat> and life just got so much easier when it did. And so, you know, Ebby gave Bill a key to get out of hell because his this whole story he's telling us is the hell he lived in a world of being an alcoholic. And, but, you know, Ebby didn't turn the key and open the door for him. Bill had to do that himself. And so, you know, if you want to stop eating compulsively and have a life of joy and freedom, which um, is really, truly amazing, you know, we'll give you the key here. We'll show you how to do it, but you've got to take the action. It is a program of action. And, um, but, you know, open the door and get out of hell because it's amazing once you get out. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. Oh, Allie, you're next. Thank you so much. Um, good morning. This is Allie M. Recovered in Bellingham, Washington. And um, I am looking for instructions here, and Bill put them right in front of my face. So the first instruction that he's giving us is um, that we do no ranting. Um, that Bill's writing this in hindsight, um, you know, trying to share his experience in a way that, you know, I love the way he wrote it. He didn't just say, all right, guys, don't rant at these people. But um, that was the experience that Bill had when he was trying to carry this message. He was, he was pulling guys out of the bar, you know, and, and we know that, you know, for a while it didn't work for him. So, so this is his practical experience. And, I love that it says, you know, how two men had appeared in court persuading the judge to suspend his commitment. This was kind of a big deal. So I know that um, that's how I feel when I'm sharing this with a newcomer. I feel like I would jump in front of a bus and be like, wait, there's a solution, you know, because I, it means so much to me because I have this recovery. And for a long time, I didn't know about it. Um, and I would do anything to save somebody from it and that's what they're doing here but I really want to clear something up for the newcomer 
um, where it says they told of a simple religious idea. Um, this, uh, these guys are coming from the Oxford groups. This is before Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, actually started. So at that point, it was a religious idea. You know, they they were part of a you know new wave of um, Christians that were, you know, really doing well with this, but they were they were religious. And I love that we are not, um, because I had and, and still have a lot of prejudice against religion. So um, I remember uh, one newcomer that asked me, she's like, is this a whole, is this a religious thing or what? And I was like, you know, no, the, the beauty of it is that it's not. Um, so that, you know, we have a place here for everybody. And um, I just, I just, want to remember that when I came in as a newcomer, they met me where I was at. They didn't talk to me right away about, you know, a higher power and that relationship because even that is enough for for a newcomer to get confused and put this religious piece in their mind and that's enough to send them away. So, you know, it took Bill a long time even. Um, When Abby came to him at first, he was like, you know, you're a religious crackpot now. And he had to get a lot sicker first. And luckily, he really trusted Ebby. So I have to be careful to allow someone to trust me um, before I start talking to them about a higher power. Grateful, grateful for that um, instruction there. So thank you so much for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Allie M. Looks like time will allow for three more people to comment on the paragraphs on page nine. Paragraph six, he did no ranting or two there for you. Who would like to take up those spots? Lucy I hear Lucy R, and that's all I heard. Shannon B. Margaret B.K. And Margaret. That's what I got. Thanks, ladies. Lucy R, Shannon, and Margaret. Hi, Lucy. Hello. Thank you so much for this meeting, and hello, everyone. Thank you for the phone bridge and for the readings and boy I'm just so moved every time I I I read anything in the big book and um what's what sticks out for me this morning is uh that now I am higher powered I'm not self-propelled anymore and that feels so wonderful my way was uh not uh, very healthy, and uh, my best efforts got me to a place where I was, you know, having experiencing all the bedevilments that there are, and um, I'm just so grateful to have a higher power in my life now, and uh, to not have a self-will running my life anymore. And you know, I wish I had this when I was younger, but I'm I'm so grateful that I have it now, and I love the practical program of action within the 12 steps. And I'm so grateful to have uh, found the big book sponsor that I found and uh, to have worked through the the 12 steps in the big book. It was a completely different experience than I've had, um, you know, in my other program. And uh, I just love it so much. And um, I'm really grateful for... uh, my higher power and the 12 steps, which is a practical program that I get to uh, my life skills. It's things I didn't get while I was growing up. I now know how to live my life in a much better way than I used to. And I'll pass with that. 
Thanks, Lucia. Shannon B., you're next. And then Margaret D. will close the meeting. Good. Hi, Shannon. Good morning, everybody. This is Shannon B. I'm from Athens, Georgia, recovered compulsive overeater. But I'm in Portland this morning, so, so grateful for you guys here. And um, I, I just want to say I, oh, I just, I'm so grateful for this meeting and a changed way of living. And I've loved the shares. And um, on the reading, I especially related to um when he said if i cared to have it and i remember (laughs) my sponsor who i thought was rather cold she said i will not be your power and and i'm so grateful she said that now she said you know i'm just your guide in other words i'm not going to take responsibility for this for you you know and that's what i wanted i wanted you guys to just kind of like meet me skinny maybe i'd get in a good relationship and you know, that would be it. Um, and um, and I remember um, making some phone calls. That was one thing I, I did do what my sponsor said, and that's why I have what I have today is, um, and I, I remember someone telling me, we are powerless, but we're not helpless. And then when I wrote that down as a note, I wanted to say this morning, I remembered hearing um, Harlan's talks where he would always say, you have to put the food down. And I've heard that message a lot this morning that, you know, I, you guys, thank God, are here for me, just like Ebby was there for for Bill. But I have to be ready to put the food down. And by the grace of God, I, I became willing because it certainly was not me that became willing. And I'm so grateful. And um, just as a side note, you know, I had a, a moment of just so such gratitude yesterday. I was walking down a, a street kind of shopping yesterday and I was also looking for some food for um, a grocery store and I passed this little neighborhood grocery and I peeked in to see if they had what I was you know what I might be looking for and they didn't it was more like a you know 7-eleven and I just had this flashback of like oh my god what I used to would have done is this is the perfect time to get all my favorite binge foods I'm alone right now so go back to the hotel and like basically eat myself into a blackout and then go back out into the hotel and see what they have in the machines at the hotel so um and I'm free of that today I am so grateful. I went to bed with, after having eaten an abstinent meal, and this morning I'll have an abstinent breakfast. So I'm um, so grateful. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Shannon B. Margaret D., you're going to be next, and that will take us to the close of the recorded hour, but stay with us, please, while we greet newcomers, etc. Hi, Margaret. Margaret D., press star one. Okay. Um, hey, this is Margaret D. Um, in Georgia, and I just wanted to say um, welcome to the newcomers because we are we are so excited that you're here. Um, so um, that sentence in, on page nine, where <clears throat> excuse me, where Bill writes that they had told of a simple religious idea and a practical program of action that worked. Um, one of my sponsors taught me to go back to page 263 in the big book. And if you're in a different version than, um, you know, the fourth edition, it may be on another page. But Dr. Bob is um, working with a newcomer and 
he they talk about what the six steps um, that comprised the practical program, which was complete deflation was the first one. And when I look at this, by the time that um, Abby got around to, or not got around, but by the time Abby went to go visit Bill, Bill was pretty close to complete, um, absolute complete deflation. And I've heard, another thing that my sponsor used to tell me was that Bill would use the same, he would stress the same idea over and over again, wording it differently. And so going to page 30, Bill talks about what the first step in recovery is, not the first of the 12 steps, but the absolute first step in recovery. And he says that we have to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics and the delusion that we are like other people or presently may be has to be smashed. And so that um, complete deflation um, is just, when he talks about complete deflation, to me, it's a miracle that anybody, especially myself, could ever get this because once your ego is smashed, it's out there ready to go again. And, and, you know, it could be like the next morning. It could be that afternoon. It could be whatever. And the ego just pops right back up again. Um, So I feel very humble this morning, um, you know, reading this and listening to people because this whole program is, it's just such a miracle. And, um, I'm just grateful to be abstinent today, and <clears throat> I'm sorry, I got a frog in my throat. Um, the only other thing that I that I wanted to share was I've been homeless. I was, and with that, I'll pass. Just grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. Appreciate that. And that does uh, conclude then the recorded part of our meeting. So stick around. We do have about 10 more minutes of meeting left. Don't want to miss a bit of this, wring what we can out of it. But thank you to everyone that shared today. And thank you to those that were in service here to make sure this meeting was running so smoothly. I appreciate that, that partnership there. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, and we'll follow that with a serenity prayer. Rachel Ann, would you please read A Vision for You? A book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, this is Rachel and M. I'm a grateful, very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater and anorexic from Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.